who you are, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your guidance and for your love, for your comfort, for your power. We thank you, Lord. I ask you that you will visit us this morning in a special way. Lord, apart from you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can do all things, O oh Jesus. We just give ourselves into your hands, O oh Lord. You are our maker. We are your handiwork. We yield ourselves to the molding of our Creator God. And I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Lord. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are the potter. I am the clay. You are the potter. I am the clay, fashioned by your hand, according to your plan. You hold me in your loving hand, fashioned by your hand, according to your plan. You hold me in your loving hand. O oh Lord God Almighty, you hold me in your special way. You mold me for I'm your clay. Your hand is where I want to stay. Your plan is too lofty for me to understand. I'm just a clay or clay, with all my heart I say, according to your plan, oh Lord, hold me, mold me, with your tender love, oh Lord, hold me, mold me, to you I pray my pardon. I am your clay, Lord God Almighty, you are the potter, my potter, I am your clay, you are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter. I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter. I am 
your clay. You are the potter, my potter. I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter. I am your clay. Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to sing this song one more time as the Holy Spirit wants me to. We're going to be in a prayerful attitude as the Spirit of the Lord to do his magnificent work. It's a magnificent work that God does in our lives. When we just yield ourselves to the working of the potter, hallelujah. He takes us in his hands when we yield ourselves to his molding. And when we tell him, Lord, fashion me according to your plan, Lord. According to your plan. You take me and you hold me in your hand. And you mold me, Jesus. No matter what you're going through. It's the hand of the potter when we yield ourselves to his mold, to his making. There are no mistakes. God takes care of everything. When we yield ourselves to the working of the potter, he takes us. He designs us. He fashions us according to His great plan. God has a plan for every single person here. And God has a design for every single person here. But it's, a, it's up to us whether to yield ourselves to His mold or not. When we yield ourselves to the mold that God has, then God molds us in His image according to His mold and His image, the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the potter. I am the clay. You are the potter. I am the clay. Fashioned by your hand, according to your plan, you hold me in your loving hand. Fashioned by your hand, according to your plan, you hold me in your loving hand. O Lord God Almighty, you hold me in your special way. You mold me for on your clay. Your hand is where I want to stay. Your plan is to lofty for me to understand. I'm just a clay, a clay. With all my heart I say, according to your plan, O oh Lord, mold me. With your tender love, O oh Lord, hold me. 
to you I pray, my potter, I am your clay. O Lord God Almighty, you are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter, I am your clay. You are the potter, my potter. I am your clay, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to be in the hands of the Father. And there's so much out there. So much clay out there. By your grace and by your mercy, you picked us up. You picked us up, oh Jesus. You first loved us. And you gave yourself as a ransom for us, oh Lord. And you took us, and you took us out of the rest of the clay that was out there with such love you took us O Lord and with such love you are forming us Father and I thank you Lord Jesus for your amazing love O Lord this morning I pray that the gentle hand of the potter continue to mold us and we thank you Lord all things work together for the good of them that love you and are called according to your purposes. And we thank you, Lord, for every direction change in our lives. We thank you for every detours. We thank you, Lord, for your divine plan that according to your plan, O Lord, mold us. Even this morning I pray Mold us, O oh Jesus. Mold us, O oh Jesus. We, for sure, do not want to be among the rest of the clay that is out there, trampled by people. But we want to be in your hands. We don't want to, we don't want to be clays that are useless out there. We don't want to be among the clay that's useless out there. We want to be in your hands, O oh Lord. Our lives, O oh Lord, in your hands will mean something, Father. O oh Lord, I pray. With the life that you've given us, with the breath that you've given us, Father, I pray. May your hands mold us. Mold us. Mold your people, O oh Lord. According to your plan, O oh Lord. Mold your people, Father. O oh Lord, I pray. Do something new, Lord. Do something new as we're approaching the end of this year. Lord, let there be a change. Let there be a greater change. Let there be 
a permanent change. Oh, Father, I pray. Let there be a forward momentum in the lives of your people, Lord, I pray. Spirit of the living God, do a mighty work, Lord. Do a mighty work. We're not asking for any work. We're asking for God's sovereign, glorious, mighty work to take place in the lives of your people. Lord, we are not coming together here in vain. You know, Father, we're not here for nothing. We're here to gain something from you, Lord. We're here to gain you, Jesus, our prized possession, the treasure of all treasures, all Jesus. We're here to gain you, Father. And we pray, may we gain you, Lord, the more of you this day. Lord, I pray that you pour out your blessings upon us. We need your word, O Lord, O Potter. Mold us according to your plan. According to your plan. According to your purpose that you have for us, O Lord, I pray. Shape us, O Lord. Shape us, O Lord, by your word. Form us, O Lord, we shall be formed. Form us by your hand. Set us apart. Set us apart for your purposes. Oh, I pray, Father, let a deeper working of the Holy Spirit take place, O Lord, among your people. Deeper working of the Holy Spirit, O Lord, take place upon your people. O Jesus, I pray. May the Spirit of the living God move upon your people as the Spirit of God moved upon the waters of the deep. Upon the face of the earth. Oh, what a change it brought. What a change it brought. What a change it brought to this world, to this earth. Oh, Lord, I pray. Move upon your people, oh, Lord. Move upon your people, oh, Lord. And we shall serve you. We shall serve you. As a church, we shall serve you. All the days of our lives, Jesus Emmanuel, we shall serve you, we shall serve you, we shall serve you. All the days of our lives, Jesus Emmanuel. Oh, we shall serve you, hallelujah. We shall serve you all the days of our lives, hallelujah. So I pray, Spirit of the living God, pour your holy fire into the hearts of your people. Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, remove every form of spiritual dullness, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Pour your holy fire into the spirits of your people, oh Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, I pray that you will tear down every veil in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, set every heart on fire for you, Father. As we prepare ourselves, as we sanctify ourselves all the more, as we seek you all the more, oh, as we look into your holy face, O oh Lord, all the more, and pray, oh, let the radiance of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon us, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, leading us ever more closer to the living God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the word that you just gave. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you pour your oil upon this word of God. Set it on fire, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That you may ignite every heart once more in the name of Jesus. Let there be a deeper commitment, not a superficial one. A permanent commitment, not a temporary one. Lord, that your people may have the grace and the stamina. Oh, Savior, to stick to their commitment, O oh Lord, I pray. That the Spirit of God may lead your people to a deeper level of conviction, to a deeper level of consecration, to a deeper level of separation, to a deeper level Oh, to a deeper level, to a deeper level, to a deeper level, in the name of Jesus. That each one may become soul winners for the Lord Jesus Christ. Sanctified vessels of God, in the name of Jesus. As they launch out, let me launch out into the deep with Jesus Christ. Peter, he launched out into the deep before. The difference was, the first time when he went, he got so tired when he went without Jesus. The next time when he went... He went with Jesus. At the word of Jesus Christ, he went with Jesus. Anytime the Lord speak to, speaks to us about something, he gives us his word, and he also goes with us. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you alone. I'll be with you. If you're with me, I'll be with you. Peter chose to listen to the voice of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm going to launch out into the deep and I'm going to go with Jesus. Jesus says, launch out into the deep and he's going to go with me. Jesus and Peter together. As Peter launched out into the deep while Jesus was with him. If God is telling you to do something, do it with everything that is within you. Having Jesus by your side. Having Jesus by your side. You obey what God has told you to do. When you do that, then you will see the transformation. Then you will see the working of the Holy Spirit. Then you will see the great move of the Spirit of God in your life. Just as the Spirit of God moved upon the waters of the deep. God will move upon your life. When you launch out into the deep because Jesus told you. When you launch out into the deep because he knew you were tired but he was going to give you something that you never saw before. He was going to give you an experience that Peter you never had before. There's something special. And the excitement and the joy that's going to come out of that. And the awe, the understanding that I'm standing before someone that I've never stood before caused him to become a follower of Jesus Christ. God saw Peter's concern he saw Peter's worry but he gave Peter something much more 
than what this world can offer. Jesus showed him, look, I can give you this. This is nothing for me. I can supply all your needs, Peter. I can provide for you, Peter. But there's something far greater than this that I want to give you. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts this morning. God wants to do something much more, something deeper, on a deeper level in your souls. But it's up to you whether you're going to take it in, whether you're going to receive it by faith, whether you're going to follow through with what the Spirit of the Lord will speak to you, whether you're going to live a life of obedience, humbling yourself at the feet of Jesus, saying that even though it doesn't make sense, I just did this all night. I couldn't catch anything. I came empty. I know all about this area. This is my territory. Nevertheless, Jesus said, launch out into the deep so I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Peter didn't know. God was about to call him with a higher call. With the highest call. Peter didn't know what was going to happen. Peter didn't know that his life was going to change forever. Forever. Peter didn't know. Anytime God will call us, it's for something far greater. All things work together for those who love the Lord their God with all their hearts and minds. All things work together for those who love the Lord their God with all their soul and strength. All things work together. All things, even the lost that Peter had that night, even the emptiness that Peter had that night, even that disappointment that Peter had that night was with a divine purpose. With a divine purpose, God knew out of all the people over there, this man will leave everything and follow me. And there was a divine encounter that was taking place that night in the midst of all the disappointments and failures. God was involved in all of that. Because God was doing something far greater that Peter's eyes were not able to see. Whatever you may be going through at this moment, understand. There's something far greater that God is doing in your life. There's something far greater that God is doing in your life. You just need to let the Holy Spirit work in you. You need to let the Holy Spirit mold you. You need to let the Holy Spirit teach you. You need to let the Holy Spirit lead you. You need to let the Holy Spirit rule over your life. If Peter would have relied on his own understanding, he would have just told Jesus, I'm so tired. I know all about this. Thank you for your help. I'm going to go home. I'll try again tomorrow. 
But Peter did not rely on his own understanding. He did not go by his feelings. He did not go by even what others would say. In the eyes of people, he might have looked like a fool. He toiled all night. He didn't catch anything. Now he's going back again. For what? What happened to you, Peter? Someone told you something and you just went? And you don't even know much about this someone. But you're just doing it because this someone is saying, Oh, what a waste of time. I just could have thought. But Peter knew something. I watched this Jesus preach from my boat. I know that this Jesus is not an ordinary person. I watched this person, Jesus, touch the lives of these people, heal the sick. I know he's not an ordinary person. He may not be a fisherman. I know he's someone who knows more than me. Are you willing to trust your hands, trust your life, trust your heart into the hands of the Almighty God? Knowing that He knows more than you? Jesus knows more than you. Jesus knows more than you. He sees everything that you're going through. Do you believe that He's working everything out for your good and for His glory? That there's a far greater purpose to whatever disappointment that you may be facing today. There's a far greater purpose to whatever that is troubling you today. There's a far greater purpose if you would let the Spirit of God take you through. Take you through. He will take you right back into the sea. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to go? Or are you willing to say, Lord, another day. It doesn't make sense another day there are many who have lost their golden opportunity because they reasoned with their minds because they thought that this is not going to work because I feel tired because my body's hurting because emotionally I feel drained because this is too hard for me to understand because this doesn't make any sense so Jesus is asking me to do something that I just did all night. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Just yield yourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. This hour. And tell the Lord, Lord, no matter what it is. No matter what situation I may be going through. No matter how difficult it may appear. No matter how disappointing it may appear. No matter how empty my life may look. No matter how empty my boat may be. I'm going to sit at your feet. I'm going to let you teach to me. I'm going to let you teach me this hour. Jesus sat and taught the people. From Peter's boat. Peter also became a recipient of the blessing. Not only Peter had his boat full of fish, but even before that, his faith shot up. He was able to trust Jesus. 
because he sat and he listened to the voice of the Son of God. What a good God. What a good God we have. He just suddenly didn't come until Peter launched out into the deep. He first had Peter watch what the Son of God was going to do. He first gave Peter the opportunity to listen to his teaching, to listen to his word. Peter could have just said, I feel so tired, let him teach and I'll take a nap. No. Peter gave priority to the word of God. Even though he was so tired, he couldn't take his eyes off of Jesus. He listened. He was wide awake when Jesus finished it, even though he was so tired. When Jesus spoke to him, he heard what Jesus said. And he said, even though I'm tired, Lord, even though all night I tried, I couldn't catch anything. I'm going to do what you told me to do. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. I know you're coming with me. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Whatever you may be going through, no matter how disappointing your situation may be, no matter what you're going to be facing, no matter what you're facing, it is important for you to sit at the feet of Jesus. Just because you're tired, don't say, well, I'm going to take a break. Just because you're tired, don't say, well, I can't focus today. These are all the excuses that comes from the enemy. It comes to a person to get them more tired and get them down. But God is speaking to hearts of this hour. No matter how your body may feel, no matter how your mind may feel, no matter how your family may feel, no matter how your finances may feel, no matter how your health may feel, no matter how, no matter how, no matter how. God is speaking to us that be like Peter. Give room so that the Spirit of God can work in you and in the lives of others through you. In whatever way, continue to do what you should do in the midst of all his difficult situations. Peter gave his boat to Jesus when Jesus asked him. Peter gave it, and because he gave his boat, Peter became a recipient of the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. The words that came out of Jesus blessed him. The words that came out of Jesus Christ blessed him. It imparted faith into Peter. And when Jesus told the next thing, Peter was able to obey Jesus. When Jesus asked for Peter's boat, Peter obeyed Jesus in spite of his tiredness. Because of that, the word came to him. And now the word imparted greater faith in spite of all the emptiness, in, the spite of, in spite of all the tiredness, in spite of what he saw. He chose to believe 
in the Son of God who called him to launch out into the deep. God is speaking to hearts at this hour. When the Son of God came to Peter the first time, Peter gave himself, gave his book, so that the word could be given out. And he became a blessing. To others that day, because many people were blessed by the word, many people were healed by the word, Peter himself was blessed in the process. Peter's faith shot up. When Jesus told him to do the next thing, Peter was able to do it. Because the faith that came from God not only called him, but empowered him to get into the call of becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Causing him to see the greatness of the kingdom of God to leave the very thing that he was concerned about all night. Suddenly he was able to leave everything and follow Jesus. Oh, what a transformation. Oh, what a transformation. Oh, what a deliverance from the cares of the world. Hallelujah. What a deliverance. No more laboring for this world. What a deliverance. Suddenly, suddenly, there's a shift. A sudden shift in his spirit. A sudden shift in his desires. A sudden shift because he gave room to the Son of God. How much room are you giving to the Lord Jesus Christ in your life when you feel tired? When you feel downcast? When you feel exhausted? Are you giving room for Jesus? Many times that is the time many people will not want to give room for Jesus. But it is those who give room for Jesus when they are exhausted, when they are tired, when they feel down, when they feel empty, they get blessed. Because it takes faith, faith to give room for Christ to work in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence that is here. Thank you for speaking to Lord. Thank you for speaking to your people. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Hallelujah. Abba, Father, we praise you. Praise you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the everlasting God. Everlasting God. Everlasting God. Hallelujah. Everlasting God. When he asks something from us, it is always to bless us, O Father. We thank you. 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 Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for coming to Peter. Thank you for asking his boat that day so that you can bless him. And thank you. Thank you for the obedience of Peter. As a result of that, so many, so many have been blessed all over the world. Thank you, Father. 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 Lord, I pray that you will continue to minister to our hearts at this hour. As the word of God has come to us at this hour from heaven, may it nourish your people. May this dew from heaven nourish our souls this morning in addition to what you have been doing up to this second, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I break every chain in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, every resistance to the voice of the Holy Spirit, I subdue it under my feet at this hour in Jesus' name. And I declare this hour as the hour of power, of the Holy Spirit, ministering to our hearts and to our souls and to our bodies. And I thank you, Father, for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. We are going to turn our Bibles to the Lord just gave the word. We're going to turn our Bibles to um, 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. And I'm going to read from verse 7 onwards. 1 Kings chapter 17. From verse 7 onwards. We're going to read verse by verse. And I would encourage each one of you, unless you're driving, or you're not in a position to open your Bibles. God understands that. If you are able to open your Bibles, please open your Bibles and read. It'll be a blessing for you. First Kings chapter 17. I'm going to read from verse 7 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, Amen. First Kings chapter 17, from verse 7 onwards. Some time later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. 
Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. Now, we must understand here that God is over his prophet Elijah here. And God has been feeding Elijah through the raven morning and evening twice a day with meat and with bread and he gave him water that came from the brook God so faithfully provided for Elijah God could have continued to provide for Elijah God could have continued to just keep that brook there where he was so that he could stay there as long as God wanted him to but it didn't happen that way. The famine that was there in the entire land caught up to where Elijah, God's servant, was. The sovereign God who had power over the bird, who commanded the raven to bring food for Elijah morning and evening, had power over the brook. He did. However, God in his sovereign wisdom allowed the brook to dry up because he had a better plan. Every season in our lives, they have a duration. Just like summer is for a few months, fall is for a few months, spring is for a few months. Winter is also for a few months. Seasons change and times change. But our God is unchanging. This unchanging God is a God of times and seasons. When this famine was there to come upon the people that God had who were worshipping Baal who were in rebellion against God and God out of his love even here he chastens the people even though God was upset he didn't kill them God was not chastening them out of wrath by which a godly anger these people are following the devil whom the Lord loves he chastens, he rebukes the Bible says and so God is chastening this nation and God sent Elijah the prophet to administer that chastening so when the people receive that, they should be the ones who should be in drought. If you look at Israel in the land of Egypt, you have read about the story where the children of Israel had light when the Egyptians had darkness. 
where they were not affected by the plague. However, what God does in one place cannot be generalized in every situation and it cannot be applied for every season. What God does in one place, He can do this in some other place, do the same thing in some other place, some other time, but you cannot say that every time it will happen. That means if there is darkness in one place, Every time God's people will have light, it's not a guarantee. We have to understand God works in different ways. One thing is for sure, that everything He does is with a purpose and it is for our good and for His glory. If we have that understanding, that's enough for us. And no matter how God directs us and how many twists and turns there will be there, in our journey. As long as he's leading us, he's the captain, it's sufficient for us. So in this situation, Elijah didn't go through a similar situation how the children of Israel and Egypt went through. Elijah, though had water, his brook also dried up. It was not that where Elijah was, he had water all the time, and the children of Israel were the only ones who had famine. No. The whole land experienced famine, and where Elijah was, there was famine. Drought. But he had food. He had water until that set time that God is. God had set in his calendar for that to expire. When that happened, that's when the shift took place. God is the only one who has control over our lives if we have given our lives over to him. If he is the Lord of our lives, then he's the only one who has control over our lives. No demon, no human has a say in it. If God is our boss. If He is the Lord of our lives, then He will lead us. We don't have to fear anything. That's why God's Word says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who? Who on earth can be against us? No one. No force from heaven, no force from hell, no force on earth. Can shake a human being who surrendered to the Almighty God who's given their lives over to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Not a single hair from their head will fall to the ground without the will of the Father in Heaven. To that extent, God watches over us. So in Elijah's case, the brook dried up. God saw that when it was drying up every day. Elijah saw that when it was drying, drying up every day. God was not worried about the situation and Elijah was not worried about the situation. That's how we must be. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains can tremble and fall into the midst of the sea, we shall not fear because God is not afraid of it. 
is with us. Elijah was not afraid of it because God was with him. Then the word of the Lord came to him and told him what he needed to do. When God's word comes to us and he tells us to do something, there are some people at that time who act smarter than God. Well, they'll say, well, I'm going to exercise faith here. I'm not going to do this because I believe in God. I don't have to do this. If God is telling you, get up and go, do this, then we have to do what he's telling us to do. At that point, we can't say, well, I'm going to sit by the brook because I'm a prophet. I'm going to sit by the brook and I'm going to talk to the brook because I know the scriptures. I know God said if you speak to a mountain, that mountain has to move. So I'm going to sit by the brook and keep speaking to the brook so that the water comes. We can die. If we are outside the will of God, no scripture will work in our lives. We must understand. Every scripture will work provide that we are found in the will of God. Whatever scripture God gives to us will work provide we do what God wants us to do. Every scripture will work in our lives. It will. If we meet the condition that God has placed before our lives. If not, it's not going to. So in Elijah's case here, as a prophet of God, he knew how to listen to God and to obey him. When God told him, go, go to Zarephath's widow's house, and I have directed her just like how I directed the raven, I'm directing the next person to supply you with food. Now, God didn't have to do that. He could have continued sending the ravens. And you see at one point, God said Elijah with an angel. He could have done that too. An angel could have given him water every day. God could have done anything. But there was a great blessing that was waiting for someone there. So he sent the man of God to the widow's house. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and he asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Just like how God spoke to us during the time of prayer a little while ago, when Jesus first came and he asked Peter for his boat, God is sending Elijah over here to the Zarephath widow's place, to her, basically. And he is telling Elijah to ask for water. Like I said before, Elijah can get water whichever way God would give. Suddenly, God can open water by the ground where Elijah is standing. He can do that. He did for Samson. He can give him water through an angel like he did for Elijah himself. He can do anything. Why would this man of God have to go and ask her for a drink? It's not because Elijah needed a drink. It was because God was going to do something in the life of this widow. Jesus says this in the New Testament so beautifully. 
He said, there were many widows in Israel. But Elijah, the prophet, was sent only to the widow of Zarephath. You know why? Because she had faith. She had faith. God sent Elijah there. God is telling Elijah, ask her for a little water. Elijah could have said, well, I'm a prophet of the Lord. I'm not going to ask water from her. Why should I ask? And why should I get her upset? We have a drought over here. People have no water. Elijah was a man who was dead to himself. That's when he can really serve God. Dead to oneself. What anyone would think is out the window when God calls you and you really follow the Lord. Only then God can use you. Elijah didn't care what she would think. He simply did what God told him to do because he knew his job was to be the mouth of God. Because he knew there was a blessing waiting for this woman. He knew. God saw that she had faith and this was a test also for her to inherit what God has for her. There was something greater that God was going to do in her life. This was the first step. So he had Elijah ask her for a drink. Now, when he asked her, this woman had faith. She didn't keep it for herself saying that, well, I won't have after this and I'm going to die and so I'm not going to give him water. She didn't give, a, give, bigger, she didn't give him a big lecture on water scarcity there. She didn't say, well, are you a stranger to this place? You're asking me, water? We're all suffering with no water. And I have a child here. I have a family here. No. She didn't say anything. As soon as he asked her for a drink, the next thing you see is verse 11, where she's going to get it. Underline this in your Bible. Obedience to the call of God. Obedience to what God will speak to you through servants of God. It's very important. We have to take any step further in your spiritual life. It's when people try to play smart, that's when the slide will come. All of a sudden, like a landslide, they go down so fast. And that's a snare. Even though there was a famine there and there was a drought there, she didn't say a word to Elijah there about the famine or about the drought. She didn't try to educate the man of God. She went to get it. Now, while she was going, there's a second test coming to her. And bring me, please, a piece of bread. They said before, there's a man of God who was fed by God supernaturally. This is God who is moving through this man of God in order to bless this woman in a much deeper way. So first he asked for water. And then he's asking for food. 
And at that point, she's saying an honest truth. Again, you don't see her lecturing him about the famine and the drought and the scarcity there. No. She's humbling herself there. And she says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. This is my situation. I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar. And a little olive oil in a jar. That's all I have. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son. That we may eat it and die. She is stating to this man of God her pathetic state. This is all we have. I don't have bread. I only have a handful of flour in a jar. And a little olive oil in a jug. That's all I have. That's all I have. And I'm just going to gather a few sticks to take home and make our last meal. After this, we were going to die because we have no more food. Nothing. And to this woman, the word of God comes now. In the midst of the opposite situation, in the midst of the emptiness, in the midst of everything, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said. So far, so good. So he's basically telling, okay, go. Make for yourself and for your son what you said you were going to do. But he didn't stop there. He said, but first, make a small loaf of bread for me. From what you have, and bring it to me. And then, make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour, which will not be used up, will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Now to this woman, who was willing to give the water that she had, whatever little that she had, there's another command that is coming. Give me bread. And when she said, I have no bread, and this is what is going to happen to us, I have very little, and once it's over, we're going to die. Elijah didn't say, well, I understand. Thank you. I'm going to go to the next house to eat. No. Elijah didn't come there to eat. Elijah came there as a servant of God to bring blessing to that widow who had faith in God. She was a woman who had faith and are all the people in the land of Israel. God sent Elijah to this widow of Zarephath. Nobody else got to have this prophet stay in the house. Nobody got to see the miracle that this woman got to see. Because God sent this man of God to her house. She did not die. 
her son did not die. Not only they didn't die, but her relatives, they didn't die. Because God had a plan for her. Anytime God wants to do something in your life, God will see your response to his command. God will see how much faith you have and how faithful you are. These two go together. If you have faith, you'll be faithful to God and what God has called you to do. This woman of Zarephath, widow, has faith. When she was told to do something, she had faith. She was a woman of faith who did not lean unto her own understanding just like how Peter did not. The first command came to Peter, give me a boat. The second command came to Peter, launch out into the deep. The first command came to this widow of Zarephath, give me water. The second command came to this widow of Zarephath, give me bread. She heard both. She had faith. For the first one, when fear came in, she said, I don't have anything. What little I have is the last portion I have, and after that, we'll be dead. That's what's going to happen. This is the reality that is surrounding me. God spoke through Elijah to her. Don't be afraid, but do what I told you to do. First, make this and give that to me. And then, make some for yourself and for your son. That itself is a miracle when you hear that because she has little, she says, only for herself and for her son, and after that, they both will die. But Elijah is saying here, make some for me and then make some for yourself and for your son. Elijah is prophesying to her at that point when he's giving the command. After you make for me, you will have for yourself and for your son. It was the first prophecy that came. Before he said what God was going to do, the command carried the blessing of God for this widow to save her from death. To save her son from death. Not only that. For her to know that this is the prophet of God. And to have faith in God Almighty. So now. The word of God comes to her. Saying that. This is how it's going to happen. This is how you're going to have for me, for you and for your son. She did not question him. She didn't say, well, what if after you eat, we don't have and we die? We're going to die anyway, but what if what you say doesn't come to pass? She didn't doubt the man of God. She didn't stand there and argue with him. She simply did what he told her to do. She was not someone who said, okay, the man of God is asking me, so I'm going to give to him. I die, I die, so I'm going to die tomorrow. I'll die today, giving it to Elijah. And she didn't go with that attitude. She was a woman of faith. 
she was a woman of faith. She did not expect her son to die. She did not expect herself to die because of the word that came to her through the prophet of God. So she goes and she does exactly as what Elijah told her to do. Very important. Any instruction you've been given, it's important for you to have faith and do exactly what you're told to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Every step of the way, make sure you get direction from God Almighty. Make sure you do exactly what God is telling you to do. Whatever instruction has been given to you, do it exactly without mixing your two cents with it. Don't do it. That's when disaster happens. When God tells you to do something, do exactly what He has called you to do. When whatever He's told you to do. This widow did that. Peter did that. That's why they saw the results that God promised them to. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food. That's why you have that word so there. Because of what she did. She did it by faith. Not out of fear. She did it because she believed in the word of the prophet. She took it. And she knew that she was not going to die. Her son was not going to die. And she was going to give him the first portion of the meal. Because of that, there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. So it was not only her son but for her family also. For a woman who had just enough for her to make the last meal for herself and for her son and die. Look at the grace of God that came to her because she had faith in God and she expressed that faith by listening to what the prophet of God said and simply doing it. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. It is very important. You read the Bible, read the Bible the way it is. There's a disease that is here, everywhere, where they would not want to give glory to God as it should go to God. And when the Lord has spoken through a prophet, it's so hard for people to say through whom God has spoken. They only say, God spoke, God spoke. How did he speak? When you see the word of God, you will see everything clearly spelled out. It will see. When you look at it, you will see in the Bible, Song of Mary, Song of Elizabeth, Song of Miriam, Song of Moses, Word of the Lord spoken by Elijah, Word of the Lord spoken by Moses, Word of the Lord spoken by Daniel. Word of the Lord spoken by John the Apostle. It is very important for God's people to be accurate, to imitate God's word. The way God has meant it to be, because that's how he wants it to be. According to the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah the prophet, the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord, 
spoken by Elijah. Now, God keeps his word. Whatever God speaks through his prophets, God brings it to pass because it is God's word that God speaks through his prophets. When we believe in the word that God has spoken, we will see it come to pass in our lives, words or word. I've seen it happen all the time, words or word. Not a single word God has spoken has fallen to the ground because the one who gives the word is capable of bringing it to pass. Sometime later, verse 17, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to me? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Think about this. The woman who sees miracle every day in her house knows that this is the prophet of God. Man is God. Now, faces a crisis. Elijah is there in the house. Elijah didn't go anywhere on a mountain without meditating. He's there in the house. While he is there in the house, the child of this woman became sick. Sometimes people can ask, oh, why is this happening if God is there? Why won't it happen? If God had another plan to glorify his great name, it will happen. While the prophet of God was in that house, the son of the woman became sick. And what happened to the sickness? Worse and worse. It came to the point of death. Finally, the child died. When this happened, she came to Elijah. You know why? She had faith. She had faith for the miracle that was taking place in her house. But now, there's something different. This is not like the food and the oil miracle that she saw. This is something different. There's a health crisis and there's a death now. Now she feels God was here, God is here, in a house. The prophet of God is here. And I'm seeing miracles taking place every day. Now this son of my life that I depended on died all of a sudden. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? In her mind, there's no hope. Because the enemy brought to her. Oh, it's because something you did before. That's why this is happening. 
And she feels that God is using this to bring to remembrance of her past. Now after God doing all the good by keeping them alive suddenly is just killing her son. Why would God do that? If he had to do, he could have done before. They could have been dead during the famine. Now there's famine everywhere and God is doing miracles in the house every day. But the child is sick. And the prophet is still there. The enemy comes and says, you know what, this is why. They shouldn't have happened. And something happened before. That's why this is happening. And she brings the child to the man of God. She brings her petition. She brings her problem to this man of God. It's so important. It's so important. She didn't give in to despair. She didn't say, well, he died, I'm going to die, and she didn't go kill herself. She came to this man of God. And she talked to him. God understands our grief. God understands our sorrow. You don't see Elijah standing there and saying, how dare you come and talk to me like this with words of unbelief. And now you're not going to get your son back. He didn't speak to her like that. He felt the heart of a mother. Wounded heart. Aching for the depth of her son. And she thought that she would never see again. She wanted to know why. Why did this happen? What did I do wrong? Why did my son die? And Elijah saw her brokenness. And Elijah gives her her son back. Even though he didn't cause that, God allowed it to happen. Elijah took her child back and he took him to his room where he was staying and laid him on his bed and he called unto the Lord. See, Elijah didn't know, even though he was a prophet, to what extent God would reveal to that extent the prophets know. Sometimes God in his sovereign will will not show certain things because he has a greater plan. So in this case, similar to Elisha, Elijah did not know that this child was going to die and this child died. And he didn't know why. So he's taking the child to God. And he's asking God, Lord, why did this happen? Why did this tragedy come? I'm staying here. And the Spirit of God is moving, Elijah, to do something here. 
We must understand not a single act, not a single action that takes place. The lives of God's servants, especially prophets, happen randomly. It does not happen that way. It's not Elijah just moving and doing something here, no. Once he talked to God Almighty, the Spirit of God, the anointing that was upon him, is moving him to do something here. He's moving him to stretch himself out on the boy three times and cry out to the Lord, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. Let this boy's life return to him three times. Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. Now you see here, the anointing of God moving this prophet of God to stretch himself out on this dead body where the anointing of God from this man of God's body transferring to the dead body while he is calling out to God Almighty. So the power of God will go from his body into this child's body. Now, when Elijah makes contact with God, when God heard Elijah's voice, the boy's life returned to him and he lived. There's the power that we see of the prayer of a righteous man who earnestly prays. Because God is the giver of life. Something happened. Just like how Jesus sometimes touched people touched the lepers and they got healed. Sometimes he made clay, took the clay and put a spit and put on the eyes of the blind man. God led Elijah to stretch uh, on that boy, dead body. You see Elijah's faith here because he knew that God would raise him up. And God was leading him to do certain things that the Holy Spirit wanted him to. And when he did that, the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Now he's taking the child and he's carrying him down from his room into his house. He's giving this child to his mother. And he's saying, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. There's something God wanted to accomplish in the life of this woman. God accomplished that day after the death and the resurrection of her son. God wanted to accomplish something far greater in order for her to come to this level the miracle of the Oil and the flour had to take place. Even though she knew that he was a prophet. And so when she came to Elijah, she said, Oh, man of God, why did you do this? She knew that he was a man of God. But there's something deeper that is taking place in her heart. Because she knew that the word of the Lord was true. 
and it was the truth. That's why she listened to his words and she went and did, risked her life and she did what she did to give him the first meal. But this is a deeper kind of knowing. This is a deeper understanding. God took her to. Sometimes we can live in that first experience and think, and think that we know everything. I know. I know the man of God. I know the word of the Lord and the man of God's mouth is true. But there are depths that most people don't know. But I walk with the Lord God Almighty. There's a long way to go. There's a deeper understanding that needs to be gained. There's a deeper trust that needs to be built. Deeper level of faith that God is looking for. A deeper level of faith that God is looking for. God will build in our lives by taking through different kinds of paths. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Just because the prophet is dead doesn't mean that sickness won't come or death won't come. One thing we must know that our sovereign Lord is over everything. Our sovereign Lord is over everything. Without His permission, not a single hair from our head will fall to the ground. However, if God allows something to happen and it becomes worse and worse and worse, and it comes to a point where there's no hope, no death for sure, God wants to do something significant here. God wants to take you deeper. God wants to do something glorious. You may never understand or experience in either way. The path of our God is glorious. Be thankful to God for what He's doing in your life. Stretch out your faith and do what God has called you to do. And believe in the word of the Lord. Believe in what God has spoken to you. Believe in what God is telling you and simply do it. There will be a blessing beyond your understanding. And all those around you will die from famine and drought. You and your family will live if you have faith in God Almighty and simply do what He's telling you to do without reasoning. And as you express that faith, just like Abraham did, and you receive the blessing from God Almighty, and you're seeing miracle after 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 miracle every single day. And suddenly, you're hit with a big storm where something is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Know that if you truly confessed your sins to God and God has forgiven you of everything, 
God is never going to go back and revisit those things and come and punish you for that. That's not our God. Whoever forsakes his sin, confesses his sin and forsakes it, will receive mercy. In God's book, those who have truly repented, in God's book, those past sins do not exist. Exist. He hits the permanent delete and it's deleted for good. There's no backup of those because God destroys every trace of it once and for all. So when the enemy tries to bring the past and say, oh, you know what? Oh, you did this before. 20 years before you did this. 30 years before you did this. 5 years before you did this. And even though you repented, God is punishing you for all that you did before. Tell the liar to get out in Jesus' name. And bring your problem to the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring it to the foot of the cross. Bring it to God Almighty. And God, the potter, who is fashioning you with His glorious hand, will complete the process that He has begun in your life if you would yield yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit. If the widow would have just said, okay, I'm going to get water, she had faith for that, but she didn't have faith for food, she would have all, she and her son, they all would have been dead. Along with her family. All would have been dead. But she had faith to give that water and to give that food. And all went well until a greater test came for God's greater glory to be revealed, to take her to a greater level of faith. She believed. The moment she came to the man of God and poured her heart to him, she said, is this because of this? Is this because of my past? Is this why it's happening? And when he said, give your child to me, she gave it with faith. She gave her dead child to the man of God, the prophet of God, Elijah. Oh, what a woman of faith. She was not complaining. She was not speaking words of unbelief. Even before she stated the problem, once the word of the Lord came from the man of God, immediately she believed over here she's stating the death of her child and she's trying to think, is this because of this? This is why God sent a prophet to my house to visit my sin from before. When the prophet of God said, give the child to me. She gave the child to him. She took the dead body placed it in Elijah's hand. And there, Elijah took him to his room. One word with God was enough for him. The man of God was led by the Spirit of God, filled with the power of God. 
talked to God and got results from God. No matter what you may be going through in your life. No matter how impossible your situation appears. No matter how worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse things may get and may appear. Know that. The God that you believe in. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. There's nothing that is out there that my God cannot do. No matter how worse it may get. Even if death comes. Just like how it happened with Lazarus. Just like how it happened with the Shunammite son. God is looking for people of faith, people of humility, who simply obey, listen, not do their own thing. Well, Elijah told me this and I'm going to take that and I'm going to do my own thing with it. That's a recipe for disaster. Oh, we don't do that. We should never do that. Whatever God is telling you to do, don't lean on your own understanding. The Lord says, do this first. Simply do that first. If the Lord says, give that water, go do it. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. First. Peter was so tired that Jesus said, Let's go, Peter. Launch out into the deep. You go do it. You launch out into the deep. This woman was not a woman who said, Well, I'll give you my flour and I'll give you my oils. You go make it, Elijah. I'm so depressed, I'm going to sit down and cry. No. She was a woman of faith. The moment the word of the Lord came, even before she got the promise, when she was asked to do something, he took that first step of faith by going to get the water. God is looking for people of faith. God is looking for people of faith. She never expected to live beyond that point. But God gave her much more. God only knows how much you would have cried and how much you would have prayed for God to move Elijah to come to her house in order for her to be blessed. In order for her son to be blessed in order for her people to be blessed. The depth that did not take away the spirit of death, the depth that was not able to take away her life or her son's life, though it came. To take away her son's life. While God's blessing was being poured. And the miracles were taking place. 
was overturned, swallowed up in victory. Because God was present there. Because she exercised her faith once more in the very same God, and in the words of the very same prophet. Just like how she did when she first saw him and she first heard him. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Simple faith. Simplicity in hearing the truth and receiving the truth. God is looking for people who have simple faith, simple obedience, childlike faith and childlike obedience. God is looking for people that God can pour into them to bless them, to make them a blessing like how this widow not only was satisfied in famine but her entire family in addition to her son her entire family was blessed God can make you a blessing based on your obedience and how you honor God and how you take his word and how you take the words of the servants of God God has placed in your life and how you just do it because you have faith God is looking for faith in the hearts of the people. Peter heard Jesus. Peter listened to Jesus. Because he listened and because he obeyed, faith grew. And when God called him to do something greater, he had that faith to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your path. Father, thank you, Lord, for this morning hour thank you for speaking to the hearts of your people you are a wonder working wonderful God our God of wonders Lord we just dust before you you just took us in your hands and you made us in you put your breath into us that's what makes us very special. We carry your breath, O oh God. You made us into living souls. And you simply didn't make anything. You made us in your image. It makes us all the more special. Oh, Father. I thank you, Lord, because you're mindful of us. I thank you, Lord, because you are working in our lives. Among all the widows in Israel, your eyes were scanning all through Israel to see who had faith, 
you were able to see one woman who was a widow, who had faith. And you sent Elijah there. As you told us in your scriptures, O oh Jesus, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? Will he find faith? Father, I pray that you bless us, Lord, this morning. As you have given to us your holy word. To impart faith into the hearts of the hearers. All those who are here. I pray. May they take this word. Take it deep into their hearts. Not let it go. Oh Father. Let this word impart life into them. That they too may have the confidence and faith that this widow had in order to be blessed. May your people understand any time you come to them it is for the people of God to be blessed. I pray, Father, that you will stretch forth your hands at this hour upon your people. Bless them, O Lord. Whatever their need may be, whatever they are looking to you for this morning, every unspoken word, you alone know. And I ask you for your blessing this morning, especially, Lord. As your people are preparing to enter into the new year, everything that is old, everything that is of the old life, everything that is not of you, it fall away, Lord. Let it fall away, Lord. Let it completely fall away, Lord, from the lives of the people. Lord, that the new life of Christ may be formed on a deeper level on a deeper level just like the widow who had faith was given the prophet to give the word to her and to bless her because your people are seeking you in their faith you brought them here you're working in their lives you have all of them gathered together and we are all here in your midst O oh God as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of the master. And as the eyes of the maid servants look to the hand of the mistress. Our eyes look to you, O Lord. And I thank you for your word that you've given to us. Just like how you gave to Peter. And just like how you gave to the Zarephath woman, widow of Zarephath. I pray may your people take this word that you've given and put it to use just like how Peter did and just like the widow of Zarephath did. So as your servant standing in the presence of God before the throne of God according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God I bless your people this morning 
with this blessing that you alone can bless them with that their barns may be filled with plenty and their vats may overflow with new wine that the blood of Jesus may cleanse them from everything as they enter into this new year Lord that everything of the old disappear oh Father I pray let new skin be formed let new leaves come O oh Lord let everything of the old be destroyed by the power of the Holy Spirit and my Jesus I pray your blessing upon your people that the river of the Holy Spirit may never run dry in their lives that they may ever be satisfied by living by the banks of the Holy Spirit for this I ask in Jesus name Amen Amen Thank you, Jesus. Here's the Lord.